Welcome back to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. On this segment, trust and estate planning specialist Sherry Macmillan answers the question, why is life planning important? Sherry is in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. Well, for most of us, when we are going to work or creating asset bases in our life, we're doing it to create ourselves a lifestyle. We have a, a picture in mind, a dream in mind, security in mind. We're doing it for a purpose. And so I think it's fundamentally important that when we put in this energy and this into our life's work, that we have a design in which it gives us the protection we des- desire and deserve um, for our use during our own lifespan, because ideally, we are going to live very long into retirement. The statistics are showing that. Um, we can even see that in the most recent budget where they've extended your rift drawdown for a, an extra window of time. And there's a reason behind that, Peter, is because we are living longer. And so our estates need to be designed in a manner that they give us freedom and support and peace of mind through the course of those decades ahead. Maybe one of the reasons to plan is that there are penalties for not planning. And and uh, the uh, you can't go back. No, um, estate planning is one of those weird animals where if you're not proactive, um, there's no forgiveness and you can't uh, go retroactively and say to a government agency, for example, the Revenue Canada or the IRS, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't have my affairs in good order. Nor can you do that with your family if you've lost someone suddenly in passing. So it's really important in my uh, opinion that while you have your health, while you have uh, verve for life, that you are designing your estate in a manner that your wishes and your goals and your significance is being expanded for the decades ahead and into the next generations. And it makes sense that if you spend... 30, 40, 50 years of your life building an asset base that you would still want to have some degree of control over it while you're around to enjoy it. That's right. And so, you know, the interesting part is we work, as you made mention, for decades to create what we have. And it really only takes a few more hours, Peter, to make sure we've safeguarded it. And that's a really important facet. Protecting assets, maximizing wealth, minimizing tax. Those are the three labels that we attach to the importance of estate planning or life planning. And we could add, I suppose, that it provides security, control, and peace of mind, which should never be underestimated. No, I think ultimately there is a lot of risk associated with just living life. Um, We always have the risks of uh, normal business. So if we're still active in business, and many of us are what I would call a modern retiree, we're not fully retired. We actually still um, are involved in the family business, for example, or we're on boards of directors, or um, we take interest in our community and are involved in that way. And so because we are still continuing to remain active as a modern community, what happens is we intrinsically have all kinds of risks that are associated with our estates. So for example, if I choose Uh, to be on a lot of boards, potentially I have liability that could come and be a uh, a real threat, if I can call it that, to my retirement and my lifestyle that I'm thinking is solidified. And so these are the kinds of things that we're looking at in modern times. 
The other one that is quite predominant in our wonderful community, because us Canadians are quite bright, is we are often snowbirding. We're going south and we're spending a warmer climate uh, during our winter months. And so we're opening ourselves up again to other liabilities in America, such as inheritance tax, um, just the liability of being there because the community in America is more litigious. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that the wealth that we've created basically has a fence around it. And that's a simplified way of looking at it. But we we do that with our actual homes. You know, we build fences and we put some security in uh, to make sure what we're creating is safeguarded. And we need to do the same with the asset base that we create. Um, who needs an estate plan? Do each of us? Yes, I think every single family needs an estate plan the moment they create an estate. What happens, though, is usually we are by human nature, procrastinating. And so we usually give contemplation to the terminology estate planning when we're older in years. So it's very common for families to come in in their 70s and 80s into our office and say, I should put my estate affairs in order. The problem with that, Peter, from my point of view is this. Estate planning is about protecting and preserving and growing the wealth through your lifespan. If you wait until the end, we don't have that opportunity cost associated with the design in your estate. So how much better if you could minimize tax every calendar year from your 40s onward, let's say, or even your 30s onward, what's going to happen to your estate is exponential. And so to me, all of us should be doing estate planning as early as possible in our lives to make sure that we're building it well and that we are keeping the value that we're entitled to keep within our own estates. And again, it goes back to the themes of protecting assets, maximizing wealth, minimizing tax. Yes, and this is actually a really interesting um, arena because Today in modern society, most of us don't have a very simple estate. And that is a, a real blessing of modern society, but it also incurs some challenges for us as families. So many of us have assets in many jurisdictions. So we've built up, let's say, our pensions in Canada whilst we were working. Perhaps we lived in the U.S. for a window time in our working career. We've had green cards and IRAs there and all kinds of things. Um, then we come home and we have the cottage in BC. If we're very fortunate, we might have the cottage in Phoenix. And so what is happening is we're creating a multiple um, estate. Then situations such as where your family may end up residing in their career paths and so forth. And so I have many families today that have children who've pursued education, let's say, in the, in the United States, um, or and then landed there, married and had children and grandchildren there. And so we have what we call a dual family. We have American citizenship and Canadian citizenship all within one family. And so you can see that all of a sudden, it's not straightforward like it used to be, where we were, had a cowboy hat out here west in Canada, and we had $5,000 to transfer to our loved ones. We now have millions of dollars to transfer and complex situations. Sometimes the answer to your question is a both answer. It's not a right and wrong answer. So, for example, if you you know, want to look at how do I minimize my income tax in my estate, the answer might be in a particular way, but it actually might be legally incorrect in the jurisdiction that we're talking about. So, you know, I, I use BC just because it's one of the common ones that many of us have property within. So from a tax point of view and so forth, it's a, a good asset base to have because it doesn't give us U.S. estate tax problems and so forth. So, you know, from that point of view, that's a win. I would say from a tax point of view, yes, you should have the BC property. 
flipping it around and looking at it not from the point of view of tax, not looking at it from a CA's point of view, but rather looking at it from a lawyer's point of view, a legal point of view, is now you have a different complexity in your state. And that complexity is this. In BC, you must treat all children equally. Well, what if you want to give that cottage to your son who's put a whole bunch of sweat equity into it? Now you're in a bit of a dilemma. Yes, you've solved your tax problem, but you haven't solved your legal problem. And so you have to be able to look at all of your estate and all of the situations within your estate, the circumstances that you have in a real family, and conclude when you look at the pros and cons of these areas, what is going to be the best solution. And it's always very unique and it has to be customized to, you know, the real outcome that we're looking for as a family. People are going to walk into the Fairmont Palliser Hotel on the evening of Wednesday, May 20th at 7 o'clock. What are they going to hear? Well, certainly we beg, borrow, and steal from our experiences of working with other successful families and share with you a summary of all of the potential opportunities you have to safeguard your own significance as a family. So you want to learn about all these various privileges and opportunities that we have to make sure that the wealth that you've worked so diligently for stays in what I call your genes, um, not the government's genes, for the blessing and benefit of your lifespan and then in turn for the benefit of your family members. So we will talk about some of the hot topics as well. Um, ultimately, a lot of families currently, Peter, are sharing with us, they want to learn about investment planning protection. Right now, a lot of families want to learn about U.S. Um, ownership of recreational property or U.S. situations where they might have family members who live in the United States and want to understand how they'll be impacted. So these are some of the hot topics that um, we've been receiving this year as other topics to include in the presentation. Our thanks to Sherry McMillan for her contribution on the program today. She'll be hosting the McMillan Estate Planning Life and Legacy Seminar this coming Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. at the Fairmont Palliser Hotel. You can register online at macmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room.